Welcome to the Strong Mamas Podcast, where we're talking about our fitness and food choices as moms in real life and in light of our faith as Christ followers. I'm your host, Megan Dahlman, and together we'll be exploring what it means to be a healthy, strong mama in the middle of a culture that's obsessed with vanity. This podcast is all about helping and equipping you to take better care of yourself and the ones you love. Hey friends, welcome back to the Strong Mamas podcast. Before we dive into today's topic, which is going to be super awesome, we're chatting all about the next body type this week. Before we dive into that, I feel like we need to kind of stop and acknowledge for a minute that we are all deep in the doldrums of summer. Everybody's motivation is dwindling and trying to complete your tasks that you set out for yourself, maybe at the beginning of summer with your eating habits and fitness, feels like we're all wading through mud. And I know that it is incredibly difficult right now. You're not feeling it. You're not into it. I'm not feeling it. I'm not into it. Nobody's in the mood anymore, okay? it's All of this is totally normal. And you need to kind of recognize it for what it is, that this is just the doldrums of summer. And on top of it all, I'm sure if your schedule is anything like mine, I know that your schedule is probably bonkers and just we're trying to fit in all the last minute vacations and trips and nothing seems normal right now. So I've talked to a handful of women over the last couple of weeks that are like, man, I just feel like I can't get my act together schedule wise, but also my motivation is so low right now. Totally normal. Okay, so just quick coaching time right now, just because we're kind of in this doldrums of summer, I want you to do four things for me. The first thing is, let's just remember that motivation is an emotion. We talked about this way back on the motivation podcast episode. If you have yet to listen to that, make sure you go back and listen. This is the perfect time to remember that. Motivation is an emotion. It's going to ebb and it's going to flow just like any other emotion, but you're not allowed to let your motivation determine your actions. So even when you're not in the mood and you're not feeling it, like you don't feel like taking care of your body, don't let those feelings determine what you actually do. The second thing I need you to do right now, I want you to sit down and actually write out what you'd like to accomplish in the next couple weeks. And make this really realistic based on your circumstances. And this probably is going to need to be more of a loose routine. Whatever it is that you want to accomplish over the next couple of weeks, it's probably not going to be something really like high expectations or something pretty impressive. But just having a clear idea of what you want to accomplish over the next couple weeks before school begins, just to finish out the end of August, that's going to be really, really helpful for you. And then next to those accomplishments, what I want you to do is to decide on some clear action steps that you can do to make those specific things happen. So if what you want to have happen is I want to eat healthier, finishing out this summer, I want to stop feeling like I'm out of control and all over the place, that's a really, really great thing to accomplish. But what are your action steps for that? Make sure that you've got 
planned meals put into place. Stop trying to wing it. Actually sit down and write out your meals. Or if you need to, you can use some of my meal plans that I've put together also. Those are available on my website to purchase if you want. The other thing is just think through your workouts. If what you want to accomplish between now and the end of summer is, gosh, I really got to get my workouts back into the picture. What is that going to look like? Are you going to do two planned workouts per week until summer finishes? What are you going to do? So actually write down the exact clear action steps that you can do to make those accomplishments happen. The final thing I need you to finish to think about is make sure that you're not letting yourself throw in the towel right now. It's so easy to do when we're nearing the end of a season and we see another one just about to arrive. We can say, you know what, I'm just going to like, this is so hard right now. I will just pick things back up when life smooths out and when I feel like I'm a little bit more motivated. No, friend, you can really do things right now, okay? I know that you can get one workout in this week. I know that you can eat protein. You can eat produce at your next meal. Things are not that far gone. Don't wait until September rolls around to take charge of your health. So that's just a little end of the summer pep talk for you before we were getting into the big topic of the day because I just I could just feel like you needed that. <laughs> like you were ready to just be done and give it another try when school starts up again, when fall comes. But listen, no, no, no. There are some very simple things that you can do right now. You just need to be pointed in the right direction. A little slap on the back and say, hey, let's get this going. Okay. Thanks again, once again, for joining me today on the podcast. I am flying solo without my co-host, Scott, but hopefully last week you had a ton of fun with the two of us talking about just the different somatotypes, okay? And we introduced to you the idea of somatotyping. And somatotyping is basically one of many methods used to describe the individual differences between all of our bodies. There's a lot of different methods out there. I prefer the somatotyping method just because it's easy to understand. It's simple. There's only three types and it's pretty clear to me. And I I love this body typing stuff. I'm sure you do too, because it's quite clear that that God designed all of us very, very differently. I think it's really fun to be able to categorize that and put labels on how he designed us, not in a bad way, you know, not to label us as like good, bad, that kind of a thing, but just in a way of, of feeling more understood and more known as an individual and more known for our unique differences. I find that it's incredibly helpful for all of us human beings to understand that. So basically somatotyping is a way to categorize all of our bodies based on physical structure and also metabolic tendencies. And that word metabolic can sometimes be confusing. We usually think of metabolism or metabolic as just basically our body's ability to burn calories. That's kind of what that is, but it's not the full picture. Basically, our metabolic output is the sum of all of our body's processes going on at any given time. Someone who has a high metabolic output has a body that's doing a lot of work. There's a lot of activity happening within each cell, 
And all of that activity is requiring energy to make that activity happen. Someone who has low metabolic output, there's not a whole lot of activity happening in all the individual cells of their body, so they're not necessarily needing as much energy. And that energy that we refer to, there's one way that us as human beings get our energy to make all of these metabolic processes happen, and that is through the food that we eat. And our body uses energy in the form of what we call calories. So that's kind of a quick primer on what metabolic output necessarily means. And each of our bodies, based on our genetic body type, this metabolic output or our body's metabolic tendencies is going to look a little different from person to person. And this metabolic tendency is going to affect kind of the overall look of our bodies too. So someone who has a lot of metabolic output just genetically, there's someone who burns a lot more energy throughout the course of the day, they probably are going to not have as much fat storage on their body. So they might end up being slimmer, trim, and a more slender person versus someone who has naturally just a much slower metabolic output. Their body is designed to do something very differently, and so they might end up having far more fat stores on their body than someone else. So that can be kind of genetically determined what your natural tendencies might be, and that's where we get the somatotyping, okay? So, and really my hope with uncovering and learning the different body types is that you learn the specific ways that we've all been created uniquely. And really, really what I want is that you'll learn to love your own body more. That you'll learn to love your own body for its strengths, for its specific abilities, and that you'll really begin to see the distinct ways that you have been created in God's likeness. And that you'll finally find peace and contentment in your own body. Most women I talk to are not content in their body for one reason or another. I think we're all on this never-ending journey of trying to find peace with our body, not being at war with our bodies constantly, and finally understanding what contentment looks like. And I think understanding our bodies on individual body types is one piece of that puzzle for finally finding that piece of contentment that we're longing for. Ultimately, that's what God wants for you. He wants you to be at peace with your body, not at war with your body. I think a lot of us women have spent years trying to shove a square peg into a round hole in the way of we're trying to take our body and the, the body type we are and we're trying to shove it into something that it definitely is not. It's kind of like taking someone who is an endomorph, which we're going to learn a lot more next week on, taking someone who's an endomorph and trying to force her to become an ectomorph, like supermodel body type. That's exhausting and it doesn't work anyway. God created you to be a very specific way and for you to spend your life trying to shove it in a different direction, you're never going to do it. And you're going to always, that's that war. And it's very exhausting. The moment you can let up a little and begin to see your body exactly for what it is, then we can really begin to really make progress. Then we can take those strides forward. 
then the magic actually starts to happen both with your body where you can use it and feel it and experience it in a really positive, great way and some major strides forward in your heart as well because finally you're experiencing joy in your body. So as a recap, like we talked about last week, the three main body types are ectomorph, mesomorph, and endomorph. And then of course there are some hybrids in there too. There's a little bit of shifting between the body types that can happen. Last week we talked a lot about the ectomorph body type. So just as a quick review, the ectomorph body type is someone who's generally slim and slender, especially in their limbs. And this person tends to have a more difficult time building muscle mass They naturally have a faster metabolism and a better insulin response to carbohydrates, which allows them to tolerate carbohydrates better than the other body types, and they tend to excel at distance or endurance sports. So occasionally I'll have someone ask me like, what do you think my body type is? I must be an endomorph or I must be a mesomorph just because they feel like they have some weight to lose. And I'll take a look at their picture, you know, if I've never met them in person and I'll just see them online in a good, you know, family photo or something. I'm like, oh, friend, no, no, you're actually an ectomorph. I can see you actually have a more slender, petite body structure. You are just seeing yourself through a very different lens, not for who you actually are. And I think that happens to us a lot. There's something that we perceive about our body where we assume, you know what, I'm not at my leanest, I'm not at my healthiest. That must mean I am a different body type or that must mean I am this way. But the truth is that we are probably our own worst critic and we're seeing ourselves very differently than reality. Nine times out of 10, someone who's a true ectomorph will believe that they're not. We just get confused sometimes. And we're going to go into the endomorph body style a lot more next week. But even talking about the mesomorph today might solve some of those questions that you have in your mind about your own body type too. But keep in mind that we all tend to look at our bodies in a very negative light We're going to always assume the worst and think that if I'm a little bit overweight, that must mean I'm extremely overweight. If I'm a little bit muscular, that must mean I'm extremely big and bulky. We have a poor perception of our own bodies. And sometimes it takes a second set of eyes looking at you and saying, no, you're off base and you're not seeing your body the the way that you actually are. You are fit, you are healthy, you are this body type, you're not this body type. Sometimes that's helpful. So get a second opinion, you guys. Okay, so the mesomorph body type. Not that long ago, you guys, we had a fantastic event. I'm sure a lot of you guys were there. Not in person, but you probably experienced it in one way or another. This event truly highlighted this particular body type, the mesomorph body type. And I'm talking about the Women's World Cup of Soccer. And the Americans came out the winners. It's pretty exciting. The entire world cheered on watching some of the most athletic women on the planet 
compete for the title, the World Cup title. I watched it too, and I really, I couldn't help but notice the athleticism and the muscular strength, the speed and the power that these women have. And to compete at this level of soccer, these women, most of them on the field are mesomorphs, okay? Now you have an idea in your mind. I want you to picture that soccer team, the World Cup women's soccer team, the majority of them are mesomorphs. I could see there were probably a couple of them out on the field that might have been an ectomesomorph. But to be able to compete at that high level of competition, they needed to have the mesomorph body type, which would allow them to excel really well. So the mesomorph body type is generally muscular and compact. Once again, I want you to think about that soccer player. We could also put in this category, when you're watching the Olympics, the sprinters, the ones that are doing the much short, the the shorter distance, the fastest distances, okay? So these are the mesomorphs. They pack on muscle easily, and they usually have a pretty good balanced distribution of slow twitch muscle fibers and fast twitch muscle fibers. And with training, they can actually improve those fast twitch muscle fibers even more and they grow really well. And this allows them to really excel in those explosive sports that require speed and agility. But they can also do the long and steady sports too if they need to, which is why soccer is a great sport for a mesomorph because there's a lot of just steady running involved with soccer too. So mesomorphs tend to have a relatively easy time controlling their body fat levels. They usually have a medium to large bone structure rather than a smaller bone structure. And a mesomorph tends to be just naturally strong. They're very strong women. When a mesomorph loses body fat and gets leaner, Usually they look ripped. (laughs) Usually their muscles really pop. And these are the ones that can be bodybuilders and they excel at bodybuilding because naturally their muscles can achieve great definition that other body types might not necessarily be able to achieve. So healthy mesomorphs, like I said, they're very fast, they're powerful, and they're extremely athletic. Their muscle distribution and their metabolic capacity allows for them to be very speedy and athletic. And they do carry a significant amount of meat of lean muscle mass. And like I said, mesomorphs are capable of having a very high metabolism and a low body fat percentage. And a lot of that is due to the amount of muscle mass that they have on their body. That metabolic output from that many cells that are using up energy to just exist makes for a greater metabolic output. So the mesomorph body type sounds like it's the healthiest, being relatively lean and maintaining muscle mass, but this particular body type is a tough one for women especially. I think that in our culture, we've been conditioned to think that there isn't anything glamorous or attractive about muscles on women, especially bulging, defined, ripped muscles. So the difficulty with a mesomorph or the struggle that a mesomorph might have is aesthetic. And I'd say that the number one concern in general that most women have when they begin to lift weights is that they don't want to get bulky. 
They're afraid to look big and muscular. And if you're a mesomorph, yeah, this can sort of happen. You're going to be able to build muscle mass more than any other body type. You're still, as a woman, going to have a cap on that. You will never be able to grow the amount of muscle mass that a man is capable of just relatively. However, as a mesomorph, you have the genetic capability of growing more muscle mass than most other body types. It's funny because not long ago, I started working with someone that it, that's very clearly an ectomorph. She's tall, she's slender, and she's not, not petite just because of her height, but she's definitely has the long, lean limbs and kind of the slender build. And she had never strength trained before. It was totally foreign to her. She had done yoga. She had run. But she she really genuinely wanted to get stronger and in better shape. And I remember she looked at me and she said, I just don't want to get thick and bulky. And I looked back at her and I said, oh, friend, you have nothing to worry about. That's just not possible for you. Because I knew she's an ectomorph. She just doesn't have the capacity to get big, large, pronounced muscles like someone who is a mesomorph can. And I can say this from personal experience. I am a mesomorph. I am a true middle of the road, just smack dab in the middle, a mesomorph. I'm not a hybrid of any kind. I remember in high school, word got back to me that some people were calling me man arms. Apparently that was that was my nickname behind my back was man arms. I had no idea, but I guess that developed because yeah, I mean I had I had muscles probably more than other girls. And that stung. I didn't even work out at the time at all. I never, I, I played basketball, I played volleyball, I liked sports, but I wasn't really working out or lifting weights. And I wasn't doing anything to try to build my muscles. They just were there. I didn't do anything for them. So here I was as a 16-year-old girl coming face to face with my own body type. I was muscular. I was, I had an athletic build. I had barely any curves. There was no curves to my body. I felt like I was shaped like a boy. And that made me feel like I was not feminine. In a period of time where all the girls around me were developing and becoming more feminine and curvy, not a single curve was developing on my body, except for maybe the curves of my biceps. It's like, geez, good grief. And because of that, I just felt kind of like big. Like my arms were bigger than any other girls. And I just remember hiding my arms. Sleeves, in long sleeves. I didn't want to wear tank tops. It just felt embarrassing just because I felt like I was man arms. But I have to say that slowly through the years, I have allowed God to gently unravel these thoughts and transform my heart. Honestly, I don't mind anymore if my sleeves are tight. <laughs> I can fill the sleeves easily without having to do a whole lot of work. And I have to buy jeans that have stretch because my quads won't fit into normal jeans. And sure, I might look a little awkward in a fancy dress just because I've got deltoids, but I rarely wear, wear fancy dresses anyway, so who cares? Since I faced 
my own body type at 16 and came face to face with the genetics of who I truly was, it has taken me years to be okay with that and to say, you know what, this is just how my body is. And every time I show up in my workout space, I'm not going to try to uncreate who I am. So while the mesomorph has the advantage of having a great metabolism and athletic capacity, they're definitely facing this cultural dilemma. If you're not really sure if you're a mesomorph, but you keep bumping up against this brick wall of major muscles when you get in great shape, then this is probably you. There are a lot of moms, a lot of women in my Strong Mamas coaching program that as they begin to get in more shape, they realize this is not at all what I expected. I'm growing muscles and I feel like I'm getting bigger. And, you know, I'll be like, I wonder if they are, you know, it's an online program. So sometimes I'm like, I wonder if they are actually getting bigger. <laughs> I don't know. So I'll go look at their like profile picture or a recent photo of them. And no, no, not at all. They just look more athletic and healthy and strong with better posture and they just look more fit. But we have this perception of this is not what I was supposed to look like. Sometimes the fittest version of ourself might not be at all what we expected, especially if you are a mesomorph. The fittest version of yourself might be a very athletically built woman. You might never have been intended to be slender and petite. So the other thing that's worth noting for mesomorphs is that you have to work for it. Yes, it's genetically natural for you to become muscular and strong and extremely fit. You do have that capacity, but it does not come without a price. You do have to work for it. So an unhealthy mesomorph, someone who's not taking care of their body, they can trend towards becoming easily overweight and they might even feel chubby. I know for myself as a true mesomorph, if I'm not taking care of my body and paying attention to the foods that I'm eating and making sure I'm maximizing my workouts, I gain weight. I don't trend the other way where I get slim and skinny. I go the other direction. I start to get feel chubby and fluffy and just not at all awesome in my own skin. So an unhealthy mesomorph, if they're not training, they may lose their muscle mass. I know that's what happens to me. And losing this muscle mass causes their metabolism to slow down and to begin to behave more like an endomorph's metabolism, where they are less tolerant to carbohydrate intake, their insulin doesn't have as great of a response, and their muscle mass just is not as pronounced. Sometimes this is helpful for mesomorphs to understand that if they do not work out on a regular basis, the two options are to be really great and fit and perhaps quite muscular because of that, or to simply be overweight. Those two options, I kind of know what I'm going to choose, even if that means that I might look more muscular or bulky than what I think is lovely. And often when a mesomorph is unhealthy and feels like they are overweight, they might believe that they're actually a genetic endomorph when in fact they're just simply an unhealthy mesomorph. 
So also similar to the ectomorph, the mesomorph can sometimes get away, and I say that in quotes, they can sometimes get away with eating less healthy because their elevated metabolism created by their high amounts of muscle mass on their body will burn off a lot of those extra calories when they are in great shape, okay? So their body tends to be a little bit more forgiving when they're in good shape because they have a faster metabolism. But this can give them a false sense of health <laughs> because they, they get away with maybe making poorer food choices because of it. Let's take a look at kind of the nutritional needs of a mesomorph. So the first thing is that we need to make sure that you're not being ashamed of your muscles, okay? They make you feel great. They help you move well. Let's do what we can nutritionally to fuel those muscles well. So you most likely have a moderate to high metabolic rate. And as a mesomorph, you probably have a moderate, moderate tolerance for carbohydrates. So you can eat one or two servings of starchier carbs per day, something like whole grains, rice, potatoes, and maybe even the more sugary fruits, and you'll still feel good. Your overall carbohydrate consumption should not be near what an ectomorph is, but approximately 40% of your diet as a mesomorph can be carbohydrates. And the rest of that should be equally divided between protein and healthy fats. So practically speaking, if you have that strong, muscular, athletic, compact build, you should be focusing on eating lots of lean protein, fresh vegetables, healthy fats, and then some starchier carbohydrates daily, but not with every single meal. So this is different than the ectomorph where the ectomorph was able to eat more of those starchier, higher complex carbs with pretty much every meal of the day to kind of fuel their energy. The mesomorph might not feel the best if they do that. For mesomorphs, food and nutrient timing works really great. And what I mean by this is that one of your higher carb meals, or let's say that you have a meal of the day where you include a piece of toast, or you have quinoa or rice or potatoes, one of these meals that have those starchier carbs, if you place this meal close to, as close to your workout as possible, you're going to be able to use those carbohydrates really, really well as a great source of fuel to fuel your muscles, okay? And then also this kind of lines up with if you happen to be a mesomorph who's looking to get leaner and to lose a little bit of body fat, try consuming only one serving of starcher carbohydrates per day and really making sure that it's at the meal that's closest to your workout, okay? So this is where it's different for the mesomorph versus the ectomorph. Like I said, the ectomorph can go ahead and consume starcher carbohydrates at most meals of the day. The mesomorph, especially if they're trying to get leaner and lose body fat, it's best as a mesomorph to be consuming your starcher carbs at the meal of the day that's closest to your workout. And then maybe, maybe one other meal a day if that seems to be working well for you. Now, on the training side of things, the training needs for a mesomorph is probably best to make your highest priority workouts, workouts that include total body metabolic style strength training. So this could be strength training where you're moving weights, you're using your own body weight, but in maybe more of a circuit fashion where you have a fast pace, there's jumping, there's power work. It's kind of a great athletic combination. 
This type of training is going to keep your metabolic output stoked and you'll feel really great challenging your muscles too. It's going to kind of play to your strengths. Doing this combination of weightlifting plus athletic fast speed work too. You might actually really enjoy sprinting also or sports that are fast and explosive rather than slow and steady endurance training. So if you're someone who likes to run and you assume that you might be a mesomorph, try doing sprint intervals just for fun, just to see if you like it. And that might actually be a total kick for you to to try exploring your speed. You're going to be a lot faster than an ectomorph over short distances. And that might actually feel really fun to be super speedy like that. I want you as a mesomorph to try to really accept your muscles and the fact that they are what help you really feel your best. Your muscles are important. Don't choose styles of training or styles of exercise hoping that they won't build your muscles because you're probably just going to be miserable. So if you're picking a workout program that says this will create small, lean, toned muscles and it's not challenging workout at all, you're going to just end up feeling miserable. So you need to just get over the fact that working out, regardless of what it's going to do, it's going to build you muscles and you might as well have a ton of fun doing it. I know for myself, like I said, it doesn't take a whole lot of work for me to have good, decent, pronounced biceps. So it's total waste of my time to try to do workouts that don't touch my biceps or don't create muscle mass. And in fact, those types of workouts, I just feel miserable anyway. I don't have have any fun with it. It's not playing to my mesomorphic strengths. It's important also as a mesomorph that you learn to be versatile and well-rounded. I know many mesomorphs that, yeah, they know that their strengths are strength training and sprinting, but that's the only thing they do because it comes naturally to them. But their body is probably craving some mobility work and flexibility work like yoga or something that's a little slower, less impactful, or less intense. They probably would benefit greatly from something that's on the other end of the spectrum just to keep them well-rounded and keep their body more balanced. So as far as mesomorph hybrids go, last week we talked a little bit about hybrids for the ectomorph body type. And we did touch on the ectomesomorph hybrid, and this is a hybrid between that ectomorph and the mesomorph. And this particular person is muscular, but they're still slender. And if they're unhealthy, instead of, like I said before, if they're unhealthy, it usually reveals which way they trend. So as an unhealthy ectomesomorph, they might end up getting more skinny. Okay, so they'll probably lose their muscle mass and and begin to trend more towards that ectomorph body style. So a lot of fitness models, the ones that have more muscle definition, but they're still slim and slender, a lot of those fitness models tend to be ectomesomorph hybrids. Now, the other end of the spectrum, on the other side of the mesomorph, we've got an endomesomorph hybrid. This is someone who's kind of the combination between the mesomorph and an endomorph. And this is someone who's muscular and they're very powerful, but they're still a little bit broader. They feel like their body is a little larger than someone who's a true middle of the road mesomorph. The thing with the mesomorph, which gets kind of confusing, is that the mesomorph is kind of the middle of the road body type. It's kind of the the halfway point between the ectomorph and the endomorph. 
Healthy ectomorphs begin to more closely resemble an, a mesomorph. And then healthy endomorphs begin to resemble the mesomorph as well. So both the other two body types on either side of the mesomorph, when they're working hard at becoming a healthier version of themselves, their body will begin to resemble more of the mesomorph. Because the metabolic tendencies of a mesomorph is a faster metabolism, kind of that balanced insulin response, the inclination to use fat as a primary fuel source and not just sugar, having good muscles and a high level, high fitness level, and then also maintaining that healthy body fat composition. Each body type can begin to resemble all that just through training and conditioning. But the difference is that an ectomorph at their absolute fittest is still not going to have the amount of muscle mass that a true mesomorph would. And then a true genetic endomorph at their absolute fittest is still going to feel more broad and thick and maybe a little larger in size than a true mesomorph would. And they still might feel like they have a lower carbohydrate tolerance and, and can never quite handle and manage a higher carbohydrate intake like a true mesomorph is capable of doing. So there's a lot of wiggle room in here, but I think the thing to remember with the mesomorph is that a true genetic mesomorph is naturally very athletic and very muscular, and they might have to work hard for that, but it might also come naturally to them. Generally, you can look at an entire family and see what they all are. And this is true for all the different body types is that you can, you can look at yourself, but then also look at the other people in your family, your other family members, and look at them. Are they naturally athletic? Are they naturally more slender and slim? Are they naturally more round and broad and thick? And that might give you a, an indication of which direction you're going to trend towards. But the general recommendations for mesomorphs, what's good to keep in mind is that you will excel if you pursue those high, fast, very powerful, strong athletic styles of activity. You're going to love training. You will love it. The other thing to remember as a mesomorph is that you're going to do best with a balanced diet, one that's not high in carbohydrates, but one that is more moderate in carbohydrates and pays attention to when you are consuming those carbohydrates. As a mesomorph, it's important that you begin to love your muscles and see your muscles for what they are and what they can do. Because if your muscles aren't there, you're not going to feel like yourself and you're not going to feel your absolute best. So you might as well accept them and acknowledge that there's a lot of us. <laughs> there's a lot of us mesomorphs that are muscular and we're all feeling a little uneasy about the size of our muscles. And so it's really okay. No matter what your body type, I want you to continue to learn how to find peace with your body. Don't be at war with yourself. Stop trying to change yourself. Just learn how to maximize yourself so that you feel best and that you can finally be, become content in how God made you. And if that's being man arms, <laughs> if that means that you're going to have strong quads that barely fit in jeans and you're always going to have a more athletic square shaped body if if you're fit, then that's how it is. And learn to really love that and embrace that. 
Next week, as we wrap up this series of body types, we're going to be talking about the endomorph body type, and it's also going to be a great time to answer your specific questions about body typing and what you think that you might be. Sometimes, like I said, having another set of eyes on you or another heart to kind of help pick apart the pieces of who you truly are might be very helpful for you and might help point you in the right direction on what your daily actions need to be as far as the types of activities that you're choosing to do and the types of foods that you're eating on a regular basis. I will end by saying this. I want you to remember that all of this stuff, the body typing, this stuff is the details, you guys. This is more advanced level stuff. If all of this is overwhelming to you and you feel like, ah, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that right, just relax. It's okay if you don't get it perfectly. It's okay if you don't know your exact body type. The most important thing is that you are doing your absolute best to make healthy food choices at your next meal. That you're eating plenty of protein, plenty of fruits and vegetables, lots of real whole fresh food, and that you're being physically active in a way that you enjoy, okay? That is the most important thing at the end of the day. So thank you so much again for joining me for this episode of the Strong Mamas podcast. I want to remind you to take a moment to go rate the show. Leave a quick review. I do read your guys' reviews and it's so fun to see how this show is already impacting your life. And I know a lot of other people like reading your reviews too. It's been great. So stick around for the next episode where we're going to dive into the endomorph body type. And until then, we'll talk to you later. 